Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. So I have something for you this morning. It's something simple. And it's one thing that I'd like you to leave with this morning. One thing. So everything else I say, it could go in one ear and out the other. But the one thing that I say, I'd really, this is my heart's desire, is for you to be changed, if you will, by the renewing of your mind for what God has for you this morning. Please receive from the Spirit this morning. And, and yes, it's, uh, I do believe it's, it's fresh. It was revelation for myself. I'm going to share it with you. A little bit about myself. I graduated from Corona High School in 97. We started attending this church in 95. This church was over on Thompson Road, just entering into the new phase of Faith City on Thompson Road. So it was very exciting, not only for the church that we were joining, but my father pastored a church while I was in high school, which was okay. I don't know. How else do you say that? What's your dad do? He's a pastor. And then everybody stops swearing, and everybody straightens up, and everybody's like, whoa, whoa, so you're one of those kids. And I was like, well, I'll burn your house down. But no, no, no. No, it wasn't like that, but it, it was different uh, going through school, only because I had been instilled values in my life, and those values really anchored me. And they took me to all the parties because... I'd always go stay at a friend's house, and when I was at that friend's house, we would go to the party, so my parents thought I was at that friend's house, but I was with that friend, and I stayed the nights there, but I went to all the parties, but even though I was at the parties, I wasn't a partier. Actually, I was a partier in my own way, but um, it was never with drugs or alcohol or girls, praise the Lord, so I, uh, I took care of those friends that I considered friends while I was at the parties, while everybody else was drinking and acting a fool. You know what I'm saying? So this leads me to say, two weeks ago, we went, I went, my wife went with me to my 20th year class reunion. Boom. Yeah, who knew? I knew once I got the invitation on Facebook. This would be the first time that my class would be getting together. We didn't have a five-year. We didn't have a 10-year. We just skipped all those and just went right to 20. Well, needless to say, there was about 18 of us from our graduating class of 150 that showed up. And yeah, I was a little bit disappointed because these were people that I did not see. I don't see these people frequently in the stores or anything like that, so I don't see them all. I came to a conclusion, and I was a little verbal when I came to that conclusion, sharing my opinion with everyone else in the pavilion, that because I knew some of the people that were not there were local, and I only knew that through Facebook, so I knew some of them were right in town. They just decided not to show. And I was a little disappointed and put out, and I made that a little vocal. Uh, I'm a little opinionated, but, um, but I did. I gave them a pass, and my pass was 
they didn't understand who they were. Because I came to this conclusion that either they had something more important that was going on, which was a pass, or they were disappointed in an area of their life. And that disappointment kept them from showing up to see people that they hadn't seen in 20 years because they were supposed to be this in high school. They might not have turned out that way. Okay? Follow me. Follow me. This all preludes the last few years of my life understanding God's love and his grace towards us. The Father's love for me is what keeps me coming to church. It's not the rules. It's not the regulations. It's not do this and do that because these are things that as a pastor's kid, these are things that I grew up with. And even though I'm thankful for some of them rules, they were still rules. And my flesh wanted to rebel against some of those rules only because they're rules. How many of us set our cruise right at 55? Well, we really don't cruise at 55. You cruise highway speeds. You cruise, well, Sometimes. Rules aren't made to be broken, but they are rules. And so I had a lot of them in my life, and I praise God for who I was then and who I am now. But this all brings me to the Father's love and something that I want to share with you, that he is with us a little more than we think. He is with us all the time. Even the description of who you are and who I am, he's with us. Now, I did tell Pastor Andrew, I said, Pastor, we're only going to speak for about 15 minutes, and then we're all going to the beach. And he says, well, have fun. <laughs> so everybody, get your cell phones out, take a picture, put it on Facebook, just to let him know that we were here. Okay? Let him know that we were here. I have three questions for us this morning. I want you to ponder these thoughts. Three questions. My first question, and you don't have to remember these questions because obviously you only have to remember one thing that we're going to talk about. It's not these, but these three questions are kind of vital. So, who do you say you are? Who do you say you are? Question number two. Who does God say you are? It's important. Question number three, does who you say you are line up with who God says you are? Grace and the Father's love takes me all the way back to the cross, what Jesus did for us. I think as a church body, it's something that we have kind of stepped around, maybe not stepped over, but stepped around, and we don't remember it as much as we do remember And the more I tap into it, the more I dive into it, his gospel and his word, the more I understand that when Jesus was on the cross, when he said, it is finished, there's a period there. That's what he meant. He said, it is finished. I understood that for something that Jesus said on the cross as a younger Christian, but now it it really, it weighs a little bit more on me. 
Because when we look at the cross, we look at the law that was before the cross. We look at what Jesus did on the cross, and then we look at what we have to do after the cross. You see, what you had to do before the cross was everything. You had to fulfill the law. You had to live right. You had to do everything. Jesus took our place and he said, you have been living in impossibility. It was impossible for us to live all the commandments. It was, it was a life that we could not live. Jesus said, I'm going to do that for you. He did that for me. He did that for you. He didn't do it for just the people that are in these four walls or just the people that have gathered together in church buildings. He did that for the whole world. He said, I will do it for you, so all you have to do is believe. You believe. So when he said, it is finished, he's done it for you. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for my brothers and sisters that have come out, Father, to Faith City, to this church, to the surrounding churches, those that are hungry for you, Jesus, hungry to learn more about you through the Spirit. I thank you that you have blessed us this morning. Keep our eyes and ears open this morning that we can receive your revelation from the Spirit. And I thank you for all those that are here. You have blessed us in Jesus' name. Amen. Two weeks ago, I found myself, after splitting some wood slash pulling weeds slash playing with some vines that my wife wanted away from the house, I found myself broke out in poison ivy, which is something that is a recurrence in myself. And something that it happens to me now that it didn't used to happen, as soon as I get a little spot, it goes into my bloodstream and goes throughout my body, and it just pops up anywhere and everywhere. So I said, wow, I got poison ivy. We're going to the urgent care. My wife hauled me there. I go in, sit down. Nurse comes in, takes my vitals, asks me some questions, and the questions turned into those questions. You know, um, recent hospital visits that I've made, have you had any, you know, all these questions that entail that when you first visit a doctor, you get to fill out all the bubbles or all the check marks. Yeah, I got this. No, I don't have this. Yeah. Describing yourself. Okay. So describing yourself. Everybody see that? So we're going to rewind from that moment in time about six years. I'm going to tell you a little story about my life. That most of you know, some of you might not. I'll keep it short and sweet. Ready? Because I did tell Pastor 15 minutes. But I was stretching it. Not at that time, but maybe at this time. So six years ago, remember the doctors. Okay? We just rewound six years. Myself, six years ago. I'm sitting at Valentine's dinner with my wife. I said, wow, it's really romantic in here. Because they're dimming the lights. She's like, no, they're not dimming the lights. Well, my eyes started tripping on me. And I was like, wow, somebody slipped me a roofie. No, that wasn't it either. Uh, The lights really started dimming. I said, looks like you're driving home, babe. Something's going on with my contacts. So the next morning, she called the contact plate. I have a wonderful wife. Babe, I love you. Thank you so much. 
Amen. Amen. I, uh, amen. Um, yeah, she's blessed me with four daughters, and I'm trying not to get emotional. So, so uh, I had my wife drive home that night. The next morning, I got up. I was actually working with Pastor Andy. We were uh, redoing this really big mansion of a house. And uh, I walk in, and I was supposed to be putting some spackle on the wall. Long story short, I couldn't even tell what I was doing. Uh, there were little pinholes that I saw a day or two before. I couldn't even find them on the wall. I said, wow, I don't even know what's going on right now. I, I called my wife. I said, hey, I said, uh, it's a little early, but my contacts are really tripping on me. So I know my appointment isn't till 1230. It was 930. I said, I'm going to go early because I'm just wasting my time here at work. So I got in my truck and I drove to Grand Blank. And that was the last time I drove in six years. Um, long story short, they... They told me that I had an optical emergency, and they, uh, I was rushed to the hospital. Um, I talk about this not a lot, but uh, it, it was, it was a, a pivoting point in my life where everything changed. Uh, I haven't drove in six years. They have uh, declared myself legally blind, which is very hard for me to say, um, which takes me to another rabbit trail, and they are the words that we say and what we say about ourselves. Let's rewind a little farther. I remember in high school, I came home, I was a swimmer in high school, came home from practice, and my mom said, Hey, babe, how was practice today? And I said, wow, Mom, I died today in practice. She got so mad at me. It was like, I'll never forget it. So mad. Don't you ever say that. Don't you ever say that you died like that. That's not funny. And I'm like, I'm like, what's the big deal? This is how we talk. It's like, I'm a youth. I'm in high school. Obviously, I didn't die. I'm standing right before you, Mom. But stop freaking out. I didn't say that, but that's what was running. That's what was running through my head. So these are the words that we say describing myself. Fast forward. I'm out of the hospital. What had happened was a virus had passed my nasal cavity and attached itself to both my ocular nerves, causing swelling and damage and blindness. And through a series of a bunch of things that they've done has given me the vision that I have now. I'm so grateful and I'll never go to another hospital besides U of N Ann Arbor because it's just not worth it. And um, I'm thankful for what I have today and, and that's that. So fast forward back to the doctor's office and my poison ivy and she's grilling me with all these questions and she asks about hospital visits and she asks about these things and I know I paused when she asked these questions. I paused. She asked a question and then she paused. Recent hospital visits? Anything you're dealing with? Is there an issue that I can't see that you have so I can treat you better? These are questions that she wanted to know. And I paused. And I know I paused because my wife turned and glanced at me. And I tell you what. 
because this is the truth. This is the hardest thing for me to say is that I'm legally blind. I don't say those words. I don't say them. So when she's asking me, I'm like, I'm, I am, um, well, and then I loop, loop around it and I say, I lost my vision six years ago due to this, this, and this, and this, so I have problems seeing. And I'll just leave it at that. Because those are words that when my mom jumped my case about me dying, those are what I remember. And I say, God, why is it so hard for me to say that I'm? Because that's not who I am. But who do you say you are? And who does God say you are? Well, who does Jesus say he is? John 14, 6. We'll have it on the screen for you. It's a pretty famous scripture. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. This is who Jesus says he is. Now, Jesus says he's a lot. Down farther, I'm going to skip all my notes and go to the bottom. John 10, 9, Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Remember when we talked earlier about Jesus saying it is finished? He says it's finished, yet he says he's the way, and he says he's the gate. He says, I am the way. He says, I am the gate. So we found out what Jesus says, who he says, some things he has said about himself. What does God say he is? Exodus 3, verse 14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Who does God say he is? God says he is, I am. See, I thought about this, and this just might be my own interpretation of something that I deal with in my life. But not just us that are sitting in this room, but us as humans, the whole culture of ourself, we talk about who we are every day. And even though we don't say, I am, we have changed it and shortened it up to, I'm. I'm happy today. I'm feeling sad today. Man, I'm stuffed. I ate too much. I, I, I'm having a, a really tough time at work right now. Um, or, I'm happy to be at work because going home is not where I want to be. I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. We define who we are through I am. Well, I said, God, if you are I am, is a piece of you going into every description 
of myself. Are you saying who you are through me describing myself? Through us as a culture saying, I'm frustrated. I said, how is it that we can say I am followed by an adjective that's unholy? How can those two things be mixed? God the Father, how can you be mixed with something that's not right, something that's impure? I'm mad today. I'm just so ticked off at my boss. I'm just so upset. I'm like, how can you, as I am, be there? But see, something Jesus did in his finished work is he did it for you and me. He said, I'm going to take your place. Pastor Andy spoke last week, and one of the points that he made is, if we could just understand how righteous we are, if we could just understand how holy God has made us, we can only be righteous and we can only be holy because of what Jesus has done for us in his finished work. It's through his finished work that even the access to righteousness is for myself and for you. It's through his finished work that gives us the possibility to be holy even though I walk unholy. Even though I've done and carry and have done do bad things. Even though I have issues in my life, I'm still righteous. Thank you, Jesus. Even though we still deal with issues, you are still holy. Because of what Jesus has done for you. So this is what I want to leave you with today. This is what I want you to remember today. In your description of yourself. Every time you say, I am. Every time you say, I'm so excited to be here. I'm not feeling too good today. When you say something that counterdicts what Jesus has done for you, it doesn't even take effect for who he's called you to be, for who he's called me to be, because it's not who you are. Are you really describing yourself? I said, wait, 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 wait. Let's back up. Wait, wait, wait. How can I describe something and say, oh, these are the facts? Wait, 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 wait. The fact is, I died at practice. No, that's not the facts. I was describing what had happened. But the truth is that Jesus has already made me who I am. So when we describe ourselves in saying, I'm unhappy... That's apart from us. Why is it so hard for me to say, I'm, I am legally blind? See, that, that, that hits home for me a lot more than, man, I'm upset. Or, or I'm, I'm, I'm a little frustrated. No, when I describe myself, when you describe yourself, there's a piece of us that we are taking I'm taking the Father, I'm taking his love, I'm taking everything Jesus has done for me, a piece of that in your description.
I might be meandering and trying to drive my point, my point home because I want you to understand who you are today. And you can only understand that in the description of who you are through what Jesus has already done through, through his finished work. Because it's through his finished work that you're able to be here, that you're able to be righteous, that you're able to be holy. It's for what he's already done. Because on this side of the cross, on the grave side, after Jesus rose again, all we have to do is receive what he's done for us. See, I found myself in my adolescent youth going through all the motions, trying to do everything right, trying to make everything right, trying to be that Christian, whether it was at home, at church, at school. And it was something that I couldn't do, and I got frustrated with it a lot. But my faithfulness, praise the Lord, kept returning me to it until the day that I learned that Jesus had already done it for me. All I have to do is receive what he's done for me. And that same thing that he's done for me is the same thing that he's done for you. So when you describe yourself, please remember who you're describing. You're describing that righteous person that he's put inside you. You're describing that born-again person that he has made you. You're describing the new creation that your spirit has become. See, it's so hard for me to say I am legally blind because that's not a description of myself. So those words don't come out of my mouth. But it's the I am. If you receive that today, that's what I have for you, my one point. You can ask the questions, who do you say you are? Well, I want you to remember who you are when how you talk about yourself. See, I gave my fellow classmates, I gave them out because I know in their description of themselves, they describe themselves less than par. They couldn't even say, come and say hi to some friends that hadn't seen them in 20 years. I was a little put out because they were close friends of mine. I just wanted to say hi. I wasn't there to judge. They judged themselves. Do we judge ourselves? Do we exempt ourselves from the finished work? Jesus has said, I've already done it for you. You've, you've, you've took yourself out of the equation that even allows you to receive my blessing because you have exempt yourself. It's nothing he's done. When something bad happens, we look at God and say, why is all this bad stuff happening? It's nothing he's done. We've took ourselves out. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are in the equation. Everything he has for you, all the blessings that he has for you, they're for you. It's nothing that you have to do, nothing that you have to live up to. I know we've heard this over and over. Maybe not in this way. But I'm adamant about who you say you are, about who my friends say they are, and about who I say I am. Because you're describing the Father and his love and how much love he has for you every time you describe yourself. Amen? This is it. Remember the questions. Who do you say you are? 
Because who God says he is and who God says you are might be different than who you say you are. So you need to turn the facts of what you think you are into the truth in who he says you are. Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.